Welcome to episode 15 of Scarezone, Halloween Horror Nights podcast, and I'm all alone. This is Logan Seculo. I realize I never say my name. I say Scott, I say Chris, I never see, say my own name, but it is week two of Halloween Horror Nights. Everything is in full steam mode. We're seeing you know, houses being reworked and sort of the bugs fixed and everything coming together, and I'm only a few days away from going to the event myself, and I'll be going on October 2nd. If you guys are going to be around October 2nd, hit me up on Facebook or on Twitter, SZ Podcast. We're trying to see if there's enough people to put together a little a little pre-party, maybe uh, just hang out at a bar and just say hey to everybody, meet everybody, maybe outside of a restaurant or at the gates. So just uh, hit me up if you guys are interested, October 2nd, meeting up with us. And guys, I can't thank you enough for also picking up your ScareZone t-shirts, picking up your Bill and Ted 25 stuff. A really cool little piece of Halloween Horror Nights trivia now. Jason Horn, who wrote one of the writers on this year's Bill and Ted show, was actually, the I'll put a post on our Facebook, was actually the first night wearing his Bill and Ted 25 t-shirt that was made right here from the folks at ScareZone. So very cool to see them embracing what we're doing here as well. The people that are the creative Forces behind Halloween Horror Nights have really embraced this show so much so, like I said, we saw Jason out there rocking his Bill and Ted 25 shirt, and you can still get yours as well as the event continues to roll on. We said we'd keep it spoiler-free, and that is the plan. We're going to have on a new friend of the show, Brian McGuire. And Brian, if you've seen pictures from Horror Nights so far, in the Halloween Horror Nights store, there are these two giant mannequins of Chance in both of her attire and garb. He actually was the guy that sculpted the heads of those characters, and he's a kind of a monster makeup enthusiast. I was able to come on board with Horror Nights and make these two awesome characters. And now they're making casts of those that are going to be for sale in the parks this year. So very cool interview, a little bit different, kind of similar to Nate, where it's someone who works outside of Halloween Horror Nights, but doing something for the event this year. And that's what we want to do. I want to keep providing as much from this year's event as absolutely possible. But guys, like I said, I'm only like a week away from going, so I got nothing to complain about. I cannot wait. But if you are going to be around that day, October 2nd, come say, hey, if you're going to be around... September 30th in Orlando. Got nothing to do. I'll be co-hosting an event called De Las Puertas. It's actually, I know, I'll have to whisper, it's a Disney fan event, but it's related to my WDW Today podcast. A lot of awesome bands. It's really, that's what it is, a music festival that I happen to be hosting and podcasting from. I believe Scott's going to be out there too, just hanging out during the pre-party. So come on out. The website for that is dlpfest.com, and it is certainly not too late to get your tickets and join us out there next Friday night, September 30th, right there in the beautiful city of Claremont, which is about 20 minutes from Walt Disney World if you're staying out in that world, that area. And that is, uh, again, about 20 minutes. It's a great venue. It's the Claremont Performing Arts Center. You can get your tickets now again at dlpfest.com. Enough advertising, enough promoting. Again, thank you guys so much for supporting this show. Now let's go to the interview with Brian McGuire, someone a little different, not someone on the ground working Horror Nights. I'm not even sure he's able to make it to Horror Nights this year. But he helped create a huge piece of this puzzle that we're seeing of Horror Nights 26. So if you go down there, go into the shop, you see those two beautiful statues of Chance, plus those comedy and drama skulls. He created those. Very neat. Cool interview. Give you a little bit more behind-the-scenes look at the people making Halloween Horror Nights 26. This Halloween Horror Nights season, we want to bring you guys a lot of different kinds of guests. So you've heard people this year like James Keaton. You've heard on last week we had Nate. And that's kind of you know where we're going. We're kind of find people that worked on Halloween Horror Nights in different ways, not just sort of these big picture characters, people that maybe did something that you know about, and maybe you just don't know that there's a cool backstory to it. Or, And in this year, Halloween Horror Nights 26, we always want to make sure that we cover at least something going on at this year's event in each episode during the event. Well, this guy we have on today, I met on a Facebook group, and this is Brian McGuire. And Brian, thank you so much for being on ScareZone. Thanks for having me. Yeah, Brian, you can probably explain a little bit what you do, but if you guys have been in the Halloween Horror Nights store or you've seen even on social media, probably the number one 
uh, biggest photo opportunity right now that's happening are these two amazing uh, mannequins or statues of Chance, both in her asylum gear and her clown kind of carnival outfits that's in the store with these two giant skulls, the uh, skulls that are the drama and comedy faces. And they're really neat. Again, I've seen it photographed now hundreds of times throughout the last weekend as Halloween Horror Nights has rolled on. But Brian, you sculpted these amazing faces of both both versions of Chance and those skulls. Can you tell us a little bit about your process and your background in this type of work? Sure. I've been sculpting uh, freelance for maybe 10, 15 years now. Uh, started sort of as a hobby type thing, uh, painting monster model kits and just grew from there. Um, so, you know, I just take the clay and uh, get reference for whatever I've been tasked to do. And uh, through some hard work and patience, uh, I normally end up with a nice sculpture. And then from there, that can be molded and cast and used for whatever somebody wants to use it for. That's right. With these chance heads, I know you've seen one of them pop up so far, but I believe they've just gone on sale. Is you're actually able to buy your molds in the store. But before we get to that point, how did you get approached by Halloween Horror Nights to make this? Because obviously they have a creative department. They're able to do some of these things. They have people making chance makeup every night. But how did you get this gig? Uh, well, I'm fortunate that uh, one of the people making those decisions on who gets hired out to make the sculptures for the displays that they use, uh, he was familiar with me from some work I've done on the collector's market. Very cool. And so he just reached out and said, you know, we need these. How would they even describe to you? Just we need chance, you know, heads created? Yeah, basically just uh, contacted me and asked me if I'd be interested in doing some things for Halloween Horror Nights. And uh, how could I turn that down? Absolutely. Because you're a theme park buff like the rest of us. Absolutely. So that's really neat. So you get to have your work showcased in, honestly, like I said, one of the most popular things happening at Halloween Horror Nights, which is the store. Now, were you familiar with Chance, the character at all, or was this something brand new to you? And how did they, did they supply photos of Chance or artist renderings? With, you know, how did you uh, be a part of molding that character? Okay, well, I've been uh, familiar with Horror Nights since I was a young teenager, uh, seeing the ads in Fangoria Magazine and Famous Monsters and stuff. Um, so I was a little bit familiar with it, however, not as hardcore as many of the fans are as our listeners. Um, yes. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, they gave me basically the same digital artwork of the comedy and tragedy skulls. That's on the homepage of the website. Mm-hmm. Uh, and a nice high resolution that I could blow up. And, uh, for chance, they, they gave me some, uh, photographs of the actress and character, uh, to use for reference. We did ask a lot of people if they had any questions for you, and uh, there, there are lots of, of, of things that come up. Were there any changes? Were you, were you given the character first, and that was ended up being how it ran for when you were giving it, or were there any alterations that had to be made? And that was from uh, Danielle on our Facebook group. Okay. Uh, thanks for asking. Uh, normally, you know, I, I have my reference pictures. Uh, they tell me what they want, so I match that as best I can. Uh, send them in progress pictures for feedback. And as long as it matches up to what they asked of me, uh, they approve it and that's that. 
Yeah. Were there any changes or any specific things that happened with the creation of Chance, do you know, as a character, or was it just kind of fine-tuning your work? Yeah, mainly, uh, you know, they asked for the clown version to have a smile showing open teeth. Right. And the uh, straitjacket version to have more of a stern, mean look. Um, and no smile, just a stern expression. Did they give you any backstory so, on those characters, or was it just kind of here's the photos and, and here's some guidelines? Pretty much here's the photos and here's the guidelines. Cool. I mean, that's really great because we are seeing this pop up. Like I said, if I know you are part of the Facebook, the big Halloween Horror Nights Facebook group that we're a part of and how a lot of people listen to this show because of that group. And you're able to see a lot of fans, a lot of people from Halloween Horror Nights taking their photos with these two chant statues. How does that make you feel as someone who, like you said, grew up reading famous monsters, knew about all these different characters, and then end up being that you have essentially a art installation right now during Halloween Horror Nights? How does that make you feel to see all of these fans taking their photos in front of your work and being a part of it? It means the world. It's probably the high point of anything I've done. Um, you know, I've, I've you know been lucky enough to do a lot of things, but as a fan of monsters and, and really starting a love of uh, movies from the classic Universal monster movies, uh, to have work of mine there, that means the world to me. Can't put a price on that. That's awesome. Well, one of the other things that you brought up to me is that we did see the day one they put out one of these heads that was not yeah. you know, d- not done up. It was a, what do you even call that? A blank version of your cast? Yes, yeah, so that would be um, a raw casting directly from the mold uh, prior to being painted, haired, and finished. And what we've been told is because at the time we thought that was going to be a one-off, but they're actually going to be carrying them. They may already be carrying them, in fact, in the store right now. We're able to get these ones that you could either paint up yourself or leave them as cool. Like, I want to get one just to kind of leave on my shelf un- untouched and unpainted because, I, one, I don't think my wife would be totally cool with me having this evil clown head uh, displayed in my house. But I feel like if I have one that's just sort of like subtly chance, that uh, it would be okay. But so have you, you've seen that one person has picked it up and this is an item, though, that's going to be available. Did you know that going into this, that you were creating merchandise for this highly collectible event? Uh, I was told that that was an intention. Um, it wasn't a definite thing, but uh, that's what the ultimate intent was to offer those for sale to collectors. Did you keep one for yourself? Do you have one in uh, in hiding right now? Uh, I made a test casting just to really make sure the mold was as flawless as possible uh, before I sent the mold to them. Well, if you want to know a high dollar uh, uh, collectible that you've just created and you need some, even need some extra money, that's something you could sell to a lot of us collectors who would want that, the artist proof of the, that chance casting. It is really neat. It's so yeah, cool. Well, two, two things uh, I'd like to mention about that. Number one, uh, something I would probably never part with because <laughs> it, the experience well, how so could much you, yeah. to me. And number two, uh, you know, morally, I kind of feel that uh, I was paid to create those. Of course. So, you know, if I was to raffle them off or something, uh, that sort of would be like stealing. No, I understand that. I'm just more saying you have a, you're one of the few people that has a very, has probably the most rare, one of the more rare Halloween Horror Nights collectibles because you're there creating the merchandise for the event. And it's something that we're usually, or 
accustomed to seeing t-shirts. We're accustomed to seeing uh, shot glasses and things like that. We're not as familiar sure. with seeing something like this, which are these you know casts of, of these amazing mannequins that you've created that are actively available for sale. So it's just a neat product that Horror Nights is offering because you know you came in and created such a uh, such an iconic look for Chance. I mean, obviously it's based on what she's looking at, but specifically the one, the, the, the psychopath Chance. I mean, it looks just like her. I mean, it looks like it steps right off of, uh, right off the commercial. So it's very cool. And, and I think that's why so many people are taking their picture with it and loving it because they may not be able to get a really clear picture with Chance, the character, but are getting a, a picture with the mold. And, and I have to be honest, uh, a lot of our audience, absolutely, yeah. A lot of our audience knows Chance, uh, the actress Aaron Klein, who's Chance, and they think of her as Chance, as the Chance. And she's not as active this year as the character. She's definitely out and about every so often. But your Chance, oddly, looks more like the what what the what our uh, audience would call the real Chance than even some of the actresses out there. So it gives a more authentic experience, almost like a Madame Tussauds uh, type feeling with the Chance character. So again, uh, we applaud you for being a part of the effort. And I know we talked about earlier, you're not able to go see them, which is such a bummer uh, as someone who created them. But I'm sure you'd want people to keep taking pictures and to keep posting them. Absolutely. Well, Brian, thank you so much. I just wanted to check in with you and to see what it feels like to be someone creating such a really cool piece of Horror Nights history as we see these statues. Do you have any idea uh, what's going to happen to them after the event? Uh, no idea. Uh, just from prior Horror Nights, I, I could see the uh, figures maybe winding up at the Williams of Hollywood prop store that they have across oh, yeah. from the uh, horror makeup show. Those will be high-dollar uh, items for sure. <laughs> Well, I think that's another thing that makes Universal so uh, unique and fan-friendly is that rather than only selling made-in-China souvenirs, uh, they do sell one-of-a-kind or a very limited number uh, higher-end collectibles that really appeal to the true fan. No, I love that. I, the prop store, I've had my eye on that prop store recently because they've had some really awesome items, whether that's uh, attractions that have gone down, whether it's like the Jaws Q uh, wait time sign. Now I'm seeing that a lot of people, they say they're selling the doors from the earthquake ride. And I agree with you. These are things that all of us want and we all wish we could have gotten, right. especially from Disney uh, when they could put out with something. I love Disney. I'm a huge Disney fan. But if they would offer something like this as well, that appeals to the hardcore fans instead of them being surplused out and you having to find them or track stuff down. It's so neat that they're able to do this because it doesn't cost them anything, obviously, to sell these things they're creating. But it gives us, the fans, the opportunity to pick up something like your creation, whether that's a full chance mannequin or whether that's just these cool heads that are for sale now in the Halloween Horror Night store. And look, man, if they're still available, which I have no idea if they are, because I think you said they're doing a pretty limited number of them, right? I, I don't know every detail on it. Uh, I know the, the, the intent was to sell the comedy tragedy masks as well as the two different chance heads. Um, painted, unpainted, I, I don't know that. Uh, and also how many they'll have at a time, but they will be replacing them if they do sell out. As okay, long great. as they sell, they'll be continuing to make them. Well, I'll be down there next weekend, and my hope is I can pick one up, and I'll send it to you. I want to get Aaron to sign one, who's Chance, and I want to get you to sign one. So I think that'd be awesome. And as the artist, I uh, we commend you, and thank you so much for hopping on ScareZone. Is there a way for people to follow? Because this is obviously, you, you, this is your gig. You do amazing kind of monster makeup and these sculptures. Is there a way for our audience to follow you? Uh, you can just look me up on Facebook. You'd probably have to send me a friend request. Uh, or I do have a website. It's www.brianmcguiresculpture.com. 
com. Cool. I will link those both in the show notes. If you're listening on the podcast app right now, just click your screen. You can go directly to those links and you can send a friend request to Brian, who again, now has a cool part of Halloween Horror Nights history. Thank you, Brian, so much for hopping on Scare Zone and uh, feel free to to keep making amazing works. We love them and it's just awesome to talk to you. Thank you, Logan. I did want to take a quick, quick moment and again, just say thank you to everybody who's picked up a Scare Zone shirt. If you're going in your shirt, whether it's Bill and Ted 25, whether it's a Scare Zone, a logo tee, whatever it is, I want to see it and I want you guys to share it. Please do share it with us. It means the world to us to know people are out there each night in the parks repping Scare Zone. We want this to be just as much yours as it is ours. And speaking of which, I have launched a Facebook group. You may have heard me mention in our interviews that I am um, taking questions from our Facebook group. If you want to join it, just go to scarezone.com. There's a link. It says go to Logan's Better Name Coming Soon group. We're still working out a cool name for you guys. So we each can have something cool, like a cool brand. Maybe you have that idea. Come join us. I give away stuff. I give away a Bill and Ted 25 giant art print. I gave away an original Tom Bancroft signed print. So we're giving away a lot of cool stuff. And we have this really awesome. If you like Tom Bancroft, he is a Disney animator, but he's working on something that's kind of Horror Nights themed that you guys will dig. Join us over. It's just for people in the group right now. Join us over on my group. Again, you can find it on our website, scarezone.com at the right hand. It says Logan's uh, coming up with a better name group or something like that. And you send in a request and I'll make sure to add you as quickly as possible. Well, since I am all alone today, which is you know sad with Chris and Scott doing their thing, but you know, Halloween Horror Night's only a week away, and that guest was a rather short one. Usually we have guests that are that go, you know, an hour or so. But today we decided we'll keep it short and do a quick interview. But I wanted to take some listener questions, see if I could help answer or guide you guys in my Halloween Horror Night's thoughts. Again, I've been going for so many years that hopefully I'm able to answer some questions. Some I may not be able to, but let's just go through them. Some of these are from our Facebook group, like I just mentioned. This one comes in from Colby. She said, why do you think they stopped doing Halloween Horror Nights at Islands of Adventure or both parks? Do you think they'll eventually bring it back there? I always personally enjoyed the two park nights and it seemed to help spread the crowds out better. Colby, I actually disagree with you. I, I'm glad that you enjoy it. I never really enjoyed the two parks. Um, the Islands of Fear Nights, I loved the way they were able to incorporate sort of the courtyard in front of Islands of Adventure, but I never really fully enjoyed the actual event as much. Maybe it's just because it's a, the streets were wider and it, was, it felt like there was a lot more open space. It just wasn't my favorite years in general. I like some of the icons that came out of that year, whether it was the caretaker, some of those. And then when it comes to both parks with all of the walking, I don't know, it just, it just doesn't really do it for me. So do I think they'll probably go back to it? I could see them eventually going back to it or going to a, a two park, but do I think anytime soon? Maybe, I mean, I have no inside information, but the fact they didn't even do it for 25 tells me probably not that they'll stick to USF for now. And now they're even able to open up something like Diagon Alley. I don't really see why they would go back to both parks. I guess it could help spread the crowd out, like you said. But personally, I'm just not a fan, so I hope it doesn't happen. But I will still be excited either way. I enjoy the event regardless of where it is, but I prefer it back at the original studio. Also got a comment in from Topher Lewandowski. On Twitter, he said, well, since you're asking, I've been a Halloween Horror Nights fan since 2008. I've always been curious why people love HHN 15 so much. And HHN 15 in 2008 was a, was a fun year, I have to say. Uh, I don't know if it's that beloved. Bloody Mary, I think, is an icon that kind of gets forgotten often. But I actually really liked that year. I think the year um, had some really fun houses, but also had a really cool entryway. Like the entry the point of entry at... Universal Studios with the screen and the Bloody Mary mirrors. I just thought it was it was cool. I liked it. I it was a fun one for me. So, I uh, I I don't know if, if necessarily it's one that's as beloved. But I also think Body Collectors 
and a few other houses came out that year were part of that that kind of become iconic that have come back over and over again. So maybe it's that. Maybe it's that the fact that these houses have had um, the fact that this year that year had so many iconic houses. Yeah, you had obviously Bloody Mary's own house in uh, the Jaws line. You had Scary Tales. Anytime there's a Scary Tales, that always goes over well. Uh, looking at the list now, um, Interstellar Terror. I remember that being pretty cool. But then Body Collectors, you know, Collections of the Past, which was a follow-up to 2005, so it was the first time I think we'd saw a, a Body Collectors in a couple years. And then some cool scare zones, whether that was the Asylum in Wonderland or uh, many more that happened. I don't have to go through each, each thing that happened at 2008, but I do really like that year. It was, it was fun, and uh, one of the first ones I went with as a family with my wife, and we had a good time that year. So I'm all for that one. Let me see. This one comes in from Jeff Seltzer on Twitter. He said, this year they have VR and Scarecter Dining. What other experimental add-ons would you like to see? Man, those are both good. I, I am not sure if I'm able to do the repository this time, just purely based on scheduling, which is a bummer. So I wish they had opened that up earlier. I wish um, they had wrapped that into the RIP tour cost because we're already dropping some coin for it. But... Hmm, I'm trying to think what else. Maybe theme a ride. It'd be cool if they could actually do sort of like the Terror Tram does out in um, in LA. Maybe take one of the attractions and make it spooky to an overlay. That would be cool. Horror Nights overlay to one of the major attractions. Whether you could do that for like the Mummy or something like that. Even you know, make it even more scary. Add characters into it. And I don't know. Maybe that's that's something fun I'd like to see. Is uh, something attraction based. Uh, I'd like I'd like that. And maybe even more. Uh, more shows. I like the shows. I'm a big fan of them. Let's see if there's any other questions that have come in. I just put the call out, so they may be gone. Let's see if there's any coming in. Oh, someone's typing right now. So I'm going to pause. Let's see with anticipation. Or to quote Dr. Frankenfurter, I see you shiver in Antissa. Patient. All right, it just came in. It's from Vance Cope. And I dig his. It's from our Facebook group, but I dig his Orlando City Icon, I'm a proud Orlando City season ticket holder. Hopefully we're having a better season next year, but it was a still fun year. Vance Cope, though, asked, which is pretty funny because we pretty much just said this. Do you think there should be a permanent haunt attraction like The Walking Dead at Hollywood in Orlando? Should it be Walking Dead or unique property? Do I think there should be a unique haunt attraction? I would argue that some of them already have, I mean, I guess they're not like walkthrough experiences, but they do kind of exist, whether that's Kong, I even say, has some of that scary element to it, or I haven't ridden it yet, but from what I heard, or even uh, The Mummy. You know, these are rides that have a, uh, a theming that has horror roots. So I don't know if it necessarily needs it or if it already has it. When it comes to something like a walkthrough, I don't, I'm, I'm not a Walking Dead fan. I don't watch the show. It's not that I'm, not, I'm like a, someone who dislikes it. I just I don't really watch it, so I don't really have much to say about it. So I've watched the walkthrough of that house, it, or that attraction, whatever you call it, house attraction. And some of the fire effects in it are really neat, and I think they do some really great, great things with it. But I, um, I don't know. I mean, I don't, I don't know if it's necessary. I kind of like Halloween Horror Nights being its own thing that doesn't impact the guest experience, especially for kids during the daytime. I, yeah, I can't imagine like going to a Christmas theme to be like, hey, everybody, let's go over here and do The Walking Dead. That doesn't, uh, that doesn't really appeal to me, but... I'm not going to fight it if it came. If they decided, hey, we're going to do a Jack attraction or something like that that's so Horror Nights themed that is taking that character or one of those icons to the next level, then yeah, I'm all in. But if it's just taking a uh, horror story or it takes um, one of these popular franchise brands to do something like that, I'm not thrilled with it. I think I did a Van Helsing one out in LA years ago, and it was fine. But it felt a little weird, to be honest, that in the summer I was kind of walking through a haunted house. So 
Yeah, I'm 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 kind of ambivalent to it, but I'm definitely leaning on the against it weirdly. I know that sounds odd, but I like my horror nights to be its own thing. And this is from Melinda. She said, I'm going on a non-private RIP tour that starts at 7. I'll be in the park all day before that. What should I do for a dinner? We don't necessarily need a great holding location for houses, but we'd like one with food. Willing to leave CityWalk if necessary, what would you do? I don't think you need to leave CityWalk. There's plenty of great options. Obviously, Toothsome's is slammed, and I've been trying to get reservations for RIP tour, and they're not taking them right now. So unfortunately, that's not in your cards. You know, I enjoy even like your Margaritavilles, some of those, like some of those restaurants that are there that are closer to islands. But I've done the Finnegan's thing where the, the stay and scream, and that's enjoyable. And I always end up doing, I don't know, with the non-private RIP tour, I know you can't stop and eat really traditionally like midway through. So grab something, but you don't need to leave CityWalk you, unless you really want to. Uh, I would advise, even Pat O'Brien's is sometimes pretty quiet. Will and I, who Will's from um, WW Today, have done Pat O'Brien's a lot before. Horror Nights is kind of tucked away, so not as many people are over there. And you can get good food and a good drink and uh, kind of pregame over there. So that's not a bad option. Uh, like I said, Margaritaville, Pat O'Brien's. I'm sure Toothsome's is great. I haven't been there. Cowfish, I've heard really great things about. And a lot of new things that are opening. But I don't like, I, don't, I like on some of those tucked away places in, in uh, City Walk. So maybe check that out. Hey, maybe even go to a movie. Take a break. Go spend two hours sitting down in the dark air conditioning. That's not a bad idea. And enjoy that. Uh, she did say, I don't know if I should add, she just posted this. We'll be a group of two vegetarians and one meat eater. Universal seems pretty limited on options for vegetarians. Uh, Pat O'Brien's, you can get some drinks. I don't know what they serve. They'd be veg- probably get a salad. I'm not really sure exactly. Um, yeah, you kind of stumped me there a little bit. Margaritaville is pretty heavy on the burgers. And I'm sure you could get, hey, you can get volcano nachos with no no meat. And that's enough for uh, for any of us. So... I'm just going to take a couple more questions that have come in since we've started recording this. It's pretty cool. It's the glory of social media. Uh, this comes in from oh, our buddy Paul Washington. You may know him from another podcast, Diz After Dark. Paul says, which previous icon would you like to see make a return? Hmm. Well, a lot of the good ones came back for 25 briefly, but as the lead, I like the director. It doesn't get as much love as some of the other characters, but I like the director and the caretaker. But the director is probably one that I think they had a lot of fun with. It's an easy tie-in to some of the movies. Same with the Usher movie franchises and IPs, and kind of turns that story a little bit, uh, a little bit brings it a little bit more together. So I like that. You know, having Chance out there this year saying, you know, we have Texas Chainsaw Massacre. I don't know. There's something about that that kind of it doesn't necessarily you know, paint the whole picture. But when you have that coming from someone as creepy as the director, I really like him, and I and I hope he comes back one day. But I'm also open to totally new ones. You know, I think Jack should always find a place in Horror Nights. But what I really don't want to happen is another four or five years with no icons, which is what happened after Lady Luck in 21. So hopefully we have icons every year. Hopefully Chance was a big enough success to where they'll be able to do that. But that's yet to be seen. So we'll see in 27. And then Joshua Malone, final question, I believe. He said, what house or street theme have you always wanted to see? Ghostbusters. We talked about it a lot with Roddy, but I think they could do a lot with the original Ghostbusters. I know it's not the right year, being the fact that it was the reboot year, but Ghostbusters, I think, would be a terrific house. You could do the hotel uh, with Slimer. You could do something with Zool on top of New York. There's so much you could do. Make it scary. Make it funny. And it really would be awesome. It, I just, I kind of think of like that Resident Evil house, like if they could do that for Ghostbusters. How amazing. I would just, I would die. That'd be the greatest... Uh, the greatest house. I don't care. It, it, I can't imagine it being not amazing. 
And uh, I absolutely love that house. So hopefully um, that comes one day. Or uh, or bring back the Munsters, like we talked about with uh, with James Keaton. Bring back the Munsters, let them roam the house. Maybe they'll have, maybe we'll do the Munsters house, but make it kind of creepy. I don't know, just some ideas. But uh, Ghostbusters is definitely the one that I will always hold out hope for. And I know those that are listening that do listen, please, one day. I loved when you had the Ghostbusters shows, but it's time to bring it back. You know, Jaws would be great too. Do a Jaws house. We had an amazing Jaws ride, but there could be a really cool Jaws house. Kind of take what they've done with the puppets in American Werewolf. Make those sharks, giant sharks that come at you and have Quint and Brody. And and man, that would just be awesome. And Hooper. I want to play Hooper. That's the year I'm going to be his character. All right, guys. Well, I know this episode was a little different than usual. Answer some listener questions. Did a short interview. We're going to get things back going next week. We're going to roll an interview that... Uh, we did a couple months ago, actually, with John Paul Gertz. It's a great interview. He's one of the creators of Halloween Horror Nights, definitely credited as one of the creators. It was You can probably tell that I'm nervous in it because it was one of my first interviews we ever even did with this show. But you'll take a listen to it. I hope you really enjoy it. And the reason we're running that next week is because that's when Chris Scott and I will be out at Horror Nights. And again, October 2nd, we hope to see you there. And uh, come let us know. Like, send us a message or, or check in with us if you want to meet up, maybe beforehand. We're trying to see if there's enough demand to do so. But if not, if you're even out at the parks, take a look for us. You'll find us there. You can join that Facebook group. Just go over to scarezone.com. You'll see it. It says Logan's Better Name Coming Soon group. Join there. You can get that new Tom Pancroft uh, art print that he did. I just put it up there. Since we got finished recording, he has sent it to me and we published it. And you guys are going to love it. And I hope you want to uh, partake in it. I'm gonna, it's, it's very iconic. I'll leave it at that. Also, Chris has a new book out, Universal Monsters, The Origins. And it's really great. It's Universal Monster Origins, The Legend Behind the World's Greatest Cinematic Monsters. And James Michael Roddy did the intro to it. You can get it right now on Amazon, but the easiest way, just go to scarezone.com, scroll down, you'll see a link. You'll see both of his books, the one with Jack and this one that has a little bit of a mashup of all the monsters. Click on to it and pick up that book right now. And it, mine comes... It came out today as I'm recording this. Mine comes on Saturday, so let's get it done really fast and get it to you. That's going to do it for this week at Scare Zone. We'll talk to you next week, and as always, keep your eyes closed, your ears open, and we'll see you at Finnegan's. Visit our website, scarezone.com. Like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash scarezone. And follow us on Twitter at twitter.com slash scpodcast. And remember to rate and review us on iTunes. This has been a production of Laugh O'Brien Studios. Copyright 2016.